So no, we did not quit the show. The show is still happening. We're still here. It's the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast from the Seattle area. My name is Jim Valley, and still all the way over across the Pacific Rim to Tokyo, Japan, he is still legendary writer and historian Fumi Saito. Fumi! Hello! How are you? I we are alive. back. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're, yeah. If, How's your flu? Yeah. And also, I, yeah, you, have, you were busy with your real job too. So. Yes. So this is what's been going on, and it's all my fault. I got incredibly sick <laughs> a couple of weeks ago yeah. with the flu. I was in bed for two weeks. I missed two weeks of work uh, just uh. from being sick. I just could not shake it. I went to the doctor, and he gave me something, and I'm like. Are you sure you don't want to give me something stronger? And he's like, no, no, we'll try this. And sure enough, that didn't work. I had to go back to the didn't doctor. didn't work. No, I had to go back ah. to the doctor and get something stronger. And that, for the most part, worked. And I You, worked you had to be dead. Yeah, I was I literally. I mean, I have been, if you follow me on any social channels, I've been pretty radio silent. Um, you know, I don't do, I haven't done anything. I haven't done any of my podcasts. So you know it's real. <laughs> You know, skipping work, mm. that's not a big deal. But when I'm missing podcasts, you know that's a thing. You know it's real. I'm sick. You okay now? I'm fine not now. Better. And the other issue uh. is that uh, I work in uh, the local state government here in Washington State. and um, The real job in, I just talked about, yeah. We're in session right now. And so all the lawmakers are at the state capitol. And we're getting down to about one more week before we wrap everything up, so it's long hours. The other the other day, I got out at 1.30 in the morning. So uh, it's it's been long hours. We're working on the weekend, and uh, mm-hmm, so it's going to be mm-hmm. some grind. But we're uh, about a week left, and uh, I'll be uh, back in interim, and we'll have plenty of time, and hopefully I'll be healthy enough. Knock on wood that we uh, we won't go so long knock, without knock. the show. So. <laughs> Sorry about Episode that. 17? Episode 17 of the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast. Yes. From Seattle to Tokyo at all points throughout history. That's what we do here, and we appreciate uh, all the following and all the people who uh, listen to the show and enjoy the show. Great, great. So what's been going on with you? What have you been up to? I will say more more stuff. Yeah. Yes. Just working working on the zone and writing and all that fun stuff? (laughs) it's <laughs> on so, i'm not sure about that but yeah yes didn't was there some article about you or something i you know i don't read kanji but did i was there some article or something about you on the zone mm. i started a new interview column thing um with um sporting news thing that i talk about i do the uh, live streaming monday night raw and SmackDown here in Tokyo. Monday night in America, Tuesday morning in Tokyo, Tuesday night live, uh, SmackDown live, Tuesday night in America, Wednesday morning. So I do that every Tuesday morning, Wednesday mornings. And right after SmackDown, sporting news people come in and do the interview on me every week. So uh, that's my new thing. Do they ask you so your opinion on Raw? Do they? What do you talk about? Uh, it's, for instance, WrestleMania five weeks away and uh, uh, giving Japanese viewer and the Japanese rest, um, rest, WWE universe in Japan a little bit of information what's going on and what's going to happen and uh, yeah then the people you know they're p- putting together a big tour go to, you know to go to America in five weeks so you know they're excited that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura 
Well, technically, it may not be on main event like the last card of the, you know, last match of the evening or anything, but uh, it's a very big deal that Nakamura will be challenging AJ Styles for WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Very first Japanese person, you know, to do so, right? Technically, the, he's not going to be the first person who um, have championship match on WrestleMania because if you remember 20 years ago, Takamichinoku had WWE light heavyweight title match on WrestleMania. So, but uh, yeah, since 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 thing is a big deal here. It is. It's getting a lot of traction, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and then also they say to WWE universe, but the Japanese audience tend to look at it from Japanese point of view, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah, because uh, they, they want to believe this is going to be the main event of the evening, or well, one of the you know main event of the evening. And, uh, yeah, well, of course we hope that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura actually win the title or something like that. I don't know about that, but, you know. What do you think? Um, what, are your, what, are your, what does your gut tell you right now, five weeks out from WrestleMania, about Shinsuke Nakamura's chances? I know it's it's a long ways away and it's hard to get indication, but... What what are your what, what's your gut right now? He can win title from AJ Styles. And uh well the the the, the switch role and then Shinsuke Nakamura as a champion, AJ Styles as a former champion, and the program can continue another three months or so after WrestleMania. Probably all the way to SummerSlam, hopefully. If he does win the title. Now, last year... And also... Yeah? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because uh, um, WWE, you know, do not film footage or segment that doesn't mean anything or doesn't that doesn't lead into another segment or another episode or something like that. See, as this last Tuesday's SmackDown... Nakamura had a single match against Aiden English, right? As soon as he beat Aiden English, who is his king, Sasha, John Cena music started, and John Cena walking, you know, you know, walked the ramp, you know, walked the aisle, and Nakamura and John Cena met right in, you know, like a, you know, outside the ring, point, and then you can see the frame that the big WrestleMania logo right behind them, and John Cena pointing at WrestleMania logo, and you cannot hear the conversation, but they're like, you and me, you and me at WrestleMania will, will be fighting over there, and then they're pointing at the WrestleMania logo. So it should tell you something, you know? What do you think? We'll see what happens. Well, I, mean, just... I, I think he does have a good chance. Now, I mean, earlier last year, or I should say last year, that... A lot of people talked about um, Jinder Mahal as an experiment to sort champion. of, as the WWE champion, to sort of entice the audience in India to to follow yeah, WWE. Yeah, for the other market. Exactly. International mar- market, yeah. Exactly. So I wonder yeah. if, if if what you're saying is is true, and I'm sure it is, that, that um, you know, he's getting traction in, in Tokyo and in Japan. I mean... One would think that maybe WWE would put the the title on Nakamura for for kind of similar reasons. Yeah, but the thing is though, when they had India tour, 
the main event was Jinder Mahal against Triple H. Yeah. You know, and also one another thing that that is that the they just announced you know this is WWE Japan tour June 29th and June 30th Friday and Saturday you know they just announced it and the poster you know they um, have that picture of Nakamura and AJ Styles Bobby Roode Charlotte Flair and New Day and people like that well but probably that the poster itself was produced weeks ago you know so uh, it, it has all the SmackDown superstars on it, minus Randy Orton. For some reason, I don't know. But uh, they say uh, after WrestleMania, there's going to be some shakeup. You know, so some people will draft uh, to uh, you know move to Raw roster, and some of the some of the Smack uh, Raw Monday Night Raw people will move to SmackDown. So they, there's going to be some exchange and a new face in the fresh, fresh lineup and matches. And uh, another thing, I you know, thing is that uh, we you know, in, for for this Japan tour, there's those two shows going to be sold out with or without championship. You know, so it doesn't have to be championship matches you know that the old it only happens once a year you know that the WWE come to Japan just once a year for two shows or so both shows gonna be sold out anyways you know with or without title match so um that that part you know I kind of doubt that the Nakamura will be champion then you know I have no, I, I'm not sure about this, but the, yeah, we'll the show will be so. Yeah, yeah, we'll show will be sold out nonetheless. Yeah. What about what kind of cachet does AJ Styles still have in Japan? Um, it's an interesting thing because um, some of the WWE fans in Japan want to see more pure WWE superstars that they haven't seen or they only see on television. People like AJ Styles, the Carl Anderson, the Gallows, or even Finn Balor, that uh, they've seen them. You know what I'm saying? It's great to have them on WWE roster. You know, another chapter of their wrestling career. But uh, at the same time, those are the superstars we've seen. You know? Yeah. So uh, it's more interesting to have people like Charlotte Flair, the Bobby Roode. Uh, or even Jinder Mahal, the New Day, the, you know, people like that, for more WWF, I mean WWE-ish. So, um, I might be wrong, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pure WWE-looking people, like John Cena tops, you know, you know what I'm saying? Pe- people is like so WWE. So see what happens. We shall, we, 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 we shall see what happens. You know what? I didn't realize. I think I had to read this on Reddit or somewhere. And it, yeah. I don't even know why it didn't even occur to me. I guess I never thought about it. The first what? wrestler yeah. of Japanese descent from Japan yeah. on a WrestleMania card is Little yeah. Tokyo. Yeah, WrestleMania 2 or 3. 3, three then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a King Kong Bundy, Hillbilly Jim, 
and all the midgets. Yes, little Tokyo was in there. Yeah. Yeah. The yes, first, yes. The that's first true. Japanese wrestler, yeah. Was a little Tokyo midget. Yeah. But he's a legend. He was a legend. You know, he the, was an amazing he, performer. I saw him a number of times as a kid. He was a when great, you kid? Yeah, he was a great performer. Yeah, um, actually not descent, but he's actually like a reg- Japanese wrestler born and raised in Japan and actually moved to America. You know, he wasn't even American Japanese. He's just Japanese person, yeah. Japanese wrestler. Yeah, debuted in Japan and he moved to America. You know, you know, just looking for bigger and better things and he succeeded. It's another success story that uh, who's been overlooked, you know? Yeah, I agree. He had, uh, yeah, he had you know, some 30-year career in America. He was working all the way to like 1990 or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, WrestleMania three was 1987, so yeah. Seven, right, right. Yeah, because he moved 10 years, 15 years before that, you know? He traveled all over America, you know? Midget tag team had a package, right? Because you have to work against each other, obviously. Uh, like a four wrestlers. I don't know. That's a Sky Lolo or name I can't remember. But they always had major tag team. They traveled together. All the NWA territory, even up in AWA, Canada, wherever wrestling was, they there was much like women's you know wrestling uh, back then under Mula. You right. know they provide their own card, then go into territory and work for you know work for for a while yeah they were like a yearly or semi-yearly attraction attraction they travel around the world um just by themselves you know just uh not just individual but uh the you know tag team you know they move with tag team it's kind of same cars same matches but uh it's an attraction they're going to territories companies states to states even down to puerto rico you know all those places Interesting. Uh, that's another uh, characteristics of territory era, huh? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, we used to see. I'm pretty sure it was Little Tokyo and Cowboy Lang that I would okay, see in the okay. Northwest in in Don Owen ter- in Don Owen's territory. Ah, and okay. I they believe, came together. Yeah, and Cowboy Lang yeah. actually, I believe, was from the area and lived, and actually, he passed away in Portland. Uh, he was he was homeless on the streets and. And passed away. Oh, was he? Yeah, kind oh, of sad there. God bless but, him. But yeah, but I mean, little Tokyo, little Tokyo had passed away. You know, a little, I don't know how many years ago, but he um, he's no longer with us yeah. either. Yeah. So another legend that uh, shouldn't you know be overlooked. You know. Yeah. We should remember those you know, old timers and old timer, somewhat superstar. You know. Um, yeah, and touched people's life. You remember him, you know, them watching as a kid. I remember them watching as a kid. So, had touched people's lives. You know? Yeah, no, he was ah. he was brilliant. Little Tokyo. Love him. Ah, so you've watched him. I've watched him. Oh, he yeah. was in WrestleMania 3, 31 years ago, huh? Well, I saw him. I saw he come to the he would come to the local high school like I said for Don Owen. Back in the Portland uh, wrestling days, so I saw him live at least once. I think a couple yeah. of times. And his costume was just like any other Japanese wrestlers, you know, like a knee ties with a little 
padding on the knees and the same color short tights on top of it, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Like oh, knee yeah. tights? Yeah, like yeah, Fuji like or Toru Tanaka. All the there. Japanese wrestlers had it. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, almost everybody. You know, all the way to like a Masa Saito era. Is, uh, for some reason, American promoters always made Japanese wrestlers wear it, you know? Even big people like Sak- you know, when Sa- you know, Sakaguchi, you know, Inoki's partner, when he was, you know, r- working for Detroit Sheik's territory, like in 73, the big Sakaguchi had that, you know, that the silly looking knee tights too, you know? And uh, well, I think that's, that's almost one of the, stereotype. But... That's one of the great things about, I think, Shinsuke Nakamura and the way WWE is portraying him. I mean, you talked about... No... No stereotypes. No stereotype, and also... Almost no nationalities. And also, he's not only is he not, you know, the evil, salt-throwing, you know, <laughs> Pearl Harbor stereotype, no? but also right. the other stereotype that they often do, we saw it with Tajiri, we saw it with Takamichinoku, we saw it with Kai and Kabuki, of course, yeah. Well, yeah. well, not with Kabuki, but there's, like, the childlike character. Where they're like a uh, child, and oh, Taka and all the, the entire Kaientai. Yeah, where they were, they I were guess. childlike. Because they're littler, you know, because physically smaller. Right, you know? and I'm glad that they're yeah. not doing that. But that was one. I didn't think they'd make um, Shinsuke like a, a stereotypical, you know, the Pearl Harbor style Japanese heel. But I was worried that maybe they might try to force him to to not be himself and be that that Asian child character, which. Which again is very stereotypical and and so more because well, on Shinsuke Nakamura's case that they recruited him as a superstar, you know, already a superstar in Japan, headlining Tokyo Dome, you know, that this guy and it treated him as a superstar coming in, you know, so he didn't really need this Japanese. It happens to be Japanese, you know, you know, but. Uh, don't necessarily has to have all the other characteristics to come with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Nakamura is, you know, he he acts like a star and works like a star and talks like a star. And he does everything like already superstar, you know? So he's more like a no non-nationality, no stereotype, almost Michael Jackson of wrestling. And yeah. uh, they call him artist. The artist. Yeah. The artist. <laughs> well, let's talk about... Yeah. So he's very special, though. Very special. One of the things that we, we were going to talk about that we promised before I got sick was we were going to yeah. talk about Dory Funk Jr. We were just talking about the stereotypes. Right. And we and talk about the American stereotypes right. in that, Japan. And that's what I want to talk about before we get into the career <laughs> yeah. and the importance of Dory Funk Jr., but the American cowboy character in Japan. Yeah, from... Yeah, well, even before... You know, um, Dory Funk and Terry Funk. That uh, there were people like Don Leo Jonathan in Ricky Dawson era that you know came to Japan with you know ten gallon cowboy hat on on top of his head. You know, we had already had people like Bill Watts, uh, um, Bob Ellis, or something like somebody like that. All the cowboy wrestlers were here in Japan, and but the biggest superstar cowboy wrestlers with the Funks and Stan Hansen, of course. It always will be. 
And now that the Joe Doring with cowboy hat, yes. But he's more like, not like cowboy, but the Joe Doring is being um, today's Stan Hansen, you know? You know well, what I'm saying? Even, even Ted DiBiase for a while was a, was a cowboy character. Uh, because he was Stan Hansen's regular tag team partner. So was people like, uh, say, Dickie Slater. Yeah, Dirty Dickie Slater came in as Terry Funk's protege or younger brother type. That, yes, was also another cowboy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's good, though, because um, cow- cowboy is always kind of a good guy, right? You tell me. Yeah, yeah. Well, cowboy was in the cowboy, cowboy movies, you know? I'm not saying that the Native Americans are bad guys or anything like that, but the um, cowboy in a cowboy movie is a good guy at the end. You see, Stan Hansen, it worked like heel, but people never really saw him as like a heel, like a nasty heel. Big badass guy, though. You know, when you work like a big badass guy and when you're working against Japanese and he should be a bad guy, but people somewhat always liked him. Likeable bad guy. Badass, I should say. Yeah. It's, it's hard to explain, but the, see, big badass gaijin, as Stan Hansen always you know, called himself, that um, bad guy, but that bad guy never cheated, you know? Nothing to boo about. Kind of same way. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, this, it's kind of the same way that the people have a hard time booing Brock Lesnar. He's a badass, but he doesn't. he's a bad guy, but he doesn't cheat. You know what I'm saying? So there's no reason to boo him during the match. The same Kind of the same logic that uh, um, people like Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody, you know, supposedly heal and, and the work real violent physical style but doesn't really cheat. They actually beat up people, you know, clean, you know, like so to speak. That uh, so people always respected him, and always at the end of the wrestling show every week, you know, oh, well, we watched something really good tonight, you know. So there was a feeling that uh, you just can't hide that you actually end up liking Stan Hansen and Brody, you know. What about the the funks? Were they were they portrayed as cowboy characters, or were they just the funks? In um, well, you have to somewhat not a stereotypical cowboy like uh, as a character, but they are actually from Amarillo, Texas, and will had the cowboy hat on them. And uh, first tour, yeah, let's go into Dory Funk Jr. Um, he was very first. NWA World Heavyweight Champion, portrayed as NWA Heavyweight Champion. Up until then, yes, Japanese wrestling had Luthas, um, uh, Gene Koniski, those former and the current NWA Champion on tour. But the logo that the television or the sports paper, sports in the regular newspaper, sports section, or wrestling magazine even, they didn't really. Um, play up NWA, you know, that uh, they were simply world heavyweight champion, you know, yeah, hardcore or 
um, serious wrestling fans at the time knew there were other world heavyweight champions, like AWA world heavyweight champion, the Bruno San Martino, the WWF world heavyweight champion. But, but when they came, they were simply world heavyweight champion. But from Dory Funk on 1969, he was NWA world heavyweight champion. So, so in, including Luthez? Luthez just kind of came in as world heavyweight champion, like the world heavyweight champion. Did not really um, play up NWA logo or name or name of the you know, organization or anything like that at the time. Luthes was, I mean, he was NWA heavyweight champion when he came over, what, 1957 or something like that? Yes, NWA heavyweight, world heavyweight champion, but the sports page or even television or wrestling magazine never played up NWA name of organization. He was the world heavyweight champion. Well, they didn't know at the time that the wrestling journalism or TV that does wrestling wrestling shows or even wrestling magazine didn't know much, you know, any better or did not really acknowledge NWA. That is what I'm saying. Even though Baba, <laughs> was, a, even though Baba was a member, or would be a member. Baba didn't become member. Not yet. No, no, he was the Baba or Inoki working together, yeah, yeah, you know, under JWA. Japan Pro Wrestling, yeah, old yeah. company, 1969. Baba didn't become NWA member up on, until 73 or so, yeah. Until, yeah, he's not, he wasn't a member until he opened his own All Japan Pro Wrestling. But anyway, that we'll go back to Dory Funk's, you know, 1969. He beat... Um, old generation Jim Kniski and became what 28 year old new world heavyweight champion and that's when they for some reason another reason is though Japan Pro Wrestling be, finally became the member of NWA in like 69 or I mean 68 or something like that so they started acknowledging NWA is the biggest organization in the world or something like that and uh, Dory Funk Jr. is its world heavyweight champion, recognized all over the world. Story, you know? And uh, I mean, today's, I mean, including my generation or older, still believe NWA was the biggest thing ever, 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 right? I mean, some, some of the old generation fans or historian in America you know, still believe NWA was the, the best thing ever, right? Billy Corgan's banking on it. <laughs> I kind of doubt that this is going to happen. I mean, yeah, but he doesn't have wrestler. And then also, NWA, he thinks he bought in the NWA we're talking about right now, two different things. You know? The only only thing in common is the design of the Harley Race Championship belt. Yeah. So when let's let, let's let's stay on track. Go back to yeah. Dory Funk was he was he a subtle heel? How was he, was he portrayed as a, as the greatest wrestler in the world? How did he come when he came in as world as NWA world champion? World heavyweight. Yeah. yeah. World. How was he? How was he portrayed? Um. He um defended his world championship belt two days in a row. First night. Antonio against Antonio Inoki. 
second night against Jan Baba. Okay. At the time, title match, 60 minutes, two out of three, four, right? All the, all the title matches were back then, two out of three, four. First night, challenger, Antonio Inoki. You're talking about 26-year-old Antonio Inoki, you know? Uh, superstar. 60-minute Broadway with no fall, no pinfall, nothing. Just 60-minute all the way. Draw. Inoki failed to win the world title. Second night, two out of three, four. One, one. One, four, Inoki, I mean, Baba, and one, four, Dory Funk Jr. Then 60-minute time limit, time expires. Giant Baba also failed to win the world title. So at the time, Inoki Baba, before they opened, uh, Inoki opened New Japan and then Baba opened Old Japan, respectively. But they were already younger, two superstars on the same company. Each have, you know, and then also uh, Inoki Baba together, they had international tag team titles at the time. And they were on Friday Night Network channel and a big superstar. So two of the biggest superstars challenged Dory Funk Jr. back to back, two days in a row, both failed. So it's like, Dory Funk Jr. is the real world heavyweight champion. And also they thought Japanese wrestling was a big thing, right? Popular sport on network channel and all these things, color television era starts. And uh, Japan was still somewhat in position of challenging something bigger. You know what I'm saying? First night, Inoki challenges, 60-minute Broadway, couldn't win the title. Second night, Giant Baba's another 60-minute another Broadway, couldn't win the title. And wow, there's some place and also a world heavyweight champion that we are still have to uh, you have to go after they are our dory funk jr and nwa was something bigger and better out there you know what i'm saying it, it established it i understand what you're saying but what is the benefit at the time for jwa to do that i mean wouldn't you rather just wouldn't it be wiser to promote your title is the world title and the biggest title in the world as a, as opposed to bringing in an American and saying that this is an even bigger Yeah, but the, 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 there was no world title in Japan. What Bob, the, the biggest title in Japan at the time was the, the single title that the giant Baba was you know, holding. It's International Heavyweight Championship. I mean, international. It was a single heavyweight championship belt that inherited from Ricky Dozan era. Mm. There, there is a history. See, Ricky Dozan was also after world heavyweight title. World heavyweight title means like a Luthesis championship. He did not win. See, dream and uh, longer and bigger picture drama will continue if you don't win the title. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you actually won a world heavyweight title in Japanese mm -hmm. turf, you will have to return it, right? Somewhat. You know what I'm saying? You will have to return it. Was just just uh, four years, five years later, that's exactly what happened. Giant Baba beat Jack Briscoe 
for NWA World Heavyweight title for the first time and the first NWA World Champion, a Japanese World Heavyweight Champion. He returned it six days later. Then you Japanese wrestling fan will scratch their head. Ah, this is what's going to happen. So I think, you know, all in all, chasing for the title is better drama than uh, actually win it and return it. You know what I'm saying? So Dory Funk did his first tour. Was he an automatic sensation? Um, somewhat newcomer because that was his, you know, very first trip to Japan, and also had the Dory Funk Senior with him, Daddy, you know, and they look so much like Dory yeah. Funk Junior Senior and Dory Funk Junior, and that's actually very likable picture in Japan, father and son. Yeah, you could tell, you know, you know, like a Kirk Douglas, Michael Douglas kind of thing. The father and son look so much like they're both wearing, you know, cowboy hat coming off the airplane and have the big press conference and was introduced as a real big deal. You know, yes, I believed it because I was like third grade, you know, fourth grade. And, uh, oh, this guy is a real deal. Then uh, Bolivia being the real deal, yes, had a he had a title defense against Inoki and Baba on the same tour. Didn't really beat him, but uh, Japanese superstars Baba and Inoki both came this close, you know, from winning it, but didn't actually win. So this guy must be a real big deal. You know what I'm saying? You cannot beat him, you know? So how long did it take yeah. for... Dory Funk Jr. to become more entrenched into uh, Japanese wrestling, the companies and the culture. culture. Yeah. Um, as soon as Baba opened All Japan Pro Wrestling a few years later. See, this was also a dying company, JWA, you know, old Japan Pro Wrestling Association. Inoki and Baba, people like Kintaro Oki, the Yoshi, you know, Yoshimura, all those old wrestlers together. But uh, the company was really rotten or something that the, that the top stud was making as much money and uh, Inoki tried to you know reconstructure the company within and then he got kicked out and Baba was gonna take over but he did not want to fire there you know his older so it's like I quit and then Baba opened his own company and then soon after old company you know that. Uh, folded you know two two of, the, two of the biggest superstars walked out each right inoki opened new japan baba opened old japan in 1973 as soon as baba opened old japan the first tour they had um terry funk dory funk senior freddie blassie bruno san martino dick Bayer, all those superstar americans joined with old japan baba's group and also channel four NTV, Nippon TV, um, dumped old, you know, JWA and joined uh, Baba's old, newly opened All Japan Pro Wrestling. Then Dory Funk Jr., right after he lost the NWA title to Harley Race for the first time, he uh, he became um, actually uh, a booker for All Japan. So through Dory Funk, uh, uh, the Funk family, I should say, through Funk family, 
all the you know superstars from America came to Baba's side, and Dory Funk started you know traveling, and probably he appeared three or four tours a year, you know. So he was like, it was as if he was always here, and then work Babyface side, you know, and uh, former world heavyweight champion, kind of like uh, you know your major league baseball player, you know came to Japanese team and played the entire season or something. You accept him as like a automatic baby face. So uh, actually, Dory Funk Jr. was more popular after he lost NWA title because he was more here. He had, yeah. And also he trained Jumbo Tsuruta, you know, and uh, he was like a coach of this golden rookie of Japanese, you know, he um, come off Munich Olympic. Munich Olympic was 1972. Then Jumbo Tsuruta joined Baba as a golden rookie. What Baba did, he sent Jumbo Tsuruta to Amarillo, Texas. And Japanese television filmed all those footage, training in Texas, Amarillo. I guess that uh, that uh, named the... Uh, See, Amarillo, when you say Amarillo, it's like bigger cities in Texas are like Houston and Dallas or even San Antonio. Amarillo is not a big city, right? But for Japanese wrestling fans, they had bigger fantasy with Amarillo, Texas. Does that make any sense? So Dory Funk is the booker, but he's he's there a lot, but he's not there all the time. How does that work? Does he... I mean, booker meaning not a, not a day-to-day dressing room booker, but the booking agent who sends American wrestler to Japan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A booker is always, I mean, actual booker in, for the show, Baba. Yeah, Jan Baba. But uh, it was a story. Well, this is reality, too, but the story-wise... All Japan Pro Wrestling and Giant Baba became family with Texas, you know, Amarillo, Texas, and Funk family, you know? The entire Texas and the Funk family thing is like all big baby face thing in Japan then. So, then Terry Funk came, yeah, younger. So what do you what do you think it was that uh, that made Dory appeal to the Japanese audience so much? Just his wrestling? Was it his charisma? Did he uh, did he speak Japanese? What was it that, that made him so entrenched in Japanese wrestling culture? Oh, I guess he was type of wrestler that was easy language. Uh, you would get over without doing interview. See, his wrestling is language. You know, you can tell what he was thinking or, um, you know, by his work. For instance, the easiest, uh, that, that, uh, all right, this is the, the good one. Dory Terry against Abdul the Butcher and the Sheik. Okay. They don't do interview here. Well, obviously, Abby or the Sheik, either, neither of them do a long interview, right? But they work like heel. They walk. They work like a heel, and they walk around like a heel, and then they do things like heel. It's obvious that who is bad guy and who's who are bad guys and who are good guys. <coughs> that the way, um, see, Dory and Terry are brothers, but are two different personalities. See, 
Dory Funk Jr. is a quiet, nice, um, more calculated like a mach- wrestling machine. Whereas Terry Funk is young and get angry, get excited, get crazy and do crazy things. And uh, but those are the brothers. Yes, that look, Dory Funk acts like older brother, and Terry Funk acts like younger brother. You know what I'm saying? So they um, pat each other in the back, you know. Um, Terry Funk's caught in, in Sheik and Abby's corner, like you take all the heat, right? The way Dory Funk come in and rescue his younger brother was where Japanese fans get so excited. Go, Dory, go, Dory, rescue your younger brother. And see, Terry Funk was a, had a more cute, you know, likable, you know, character or personality that he uh, he's younger, so he gets excited and then get get carried away and then do crazy things. We love him, but the you Terry Funk will always need older brother Dory, who is more calm, you know. So this is perfect older brother and younger brother thing. And older brother didn't have much hair on top, right? Young though, still young then, but uh, he always was kind of half bald. That helps too. I like Dory. I like Terry. I love the Funks. Does that make any sense? I mean, the perfect good guy cowboys from Texas. You hated Sheik and Abby. I mean, as a kid, yes, I did. <laughs> Isn't that an easy picture though? Absolutely. They never, never did interviews and got over that big. You know. I mean, Dory had a very long relationship with Baba and had a really long career in all Japan. I mean, he held the international title. He held held everything, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, very last tour, Inoki worked with uh, this old Japan pro wrestling before he got kicked out. It was a program. Dory and Terry against Baba and Inoki as a tag team. That's exciting, right? And Dory Terry actually won the ta- international tag team title from Baba and Inoki combination. That established, wow, they can actually beat Baba and Inoki team. And just as soon as um, Baba opened the um, Old Japan Pro Wrestling, that Actually, international tag team title was back in America. And then there was a, that the angle they, they shot in America that the, the the new combination of Baba and Jumbo rookie then then rookie Jumbo Tsuda traveled to America and challenged the Funks for the very same tag team titles. Therefore, that the long saga tag team title you know story continues. Baba now has his own protege. And new company, exciting, you know? And uh, Dory was always, always um, babyface in Japan, even when he was working against Japanese wrestlers. You know, so we learned that, you know, I mean, on hindsight, babyface longevity is when you work like um, more... I don't know, traditional, you know, quiet, 
not so much outspoken, but wrestle straight wrestler is you, you know they accept you as baby face you know like somebody you can count on no big dramatic interview nothing but he was always there he never betrayed your fans um they work like he always does and always a good match does it make any sense so what kind of people when you mentioned dory was booking a lot of the foreigners for for Baba, who did he bring over? Who do you think were successful? Or was there anybody who uh... almost everybody was brought by Dory Funk? All the wrestlers, you know, all the wrestlers, meaning that the, you know, not just young Ted DiBiase and young Dick Slater, but the people like Mr. Wrestling Tim Woods, or even AWA people like you know, Nick Bachwinkle, the Baron Von Raschke, the host Hoffman, uh, that uh, you name all them, all every single top American superstar were here one time or the other, brought brought in by Dorian Dorian Terry. Yeah. Who were some of the more every, successful people they brought over? More successful people who had programs. Yeah. Well. Abdul the Butcher was, you know, always here. See, Sheik didn't come in as often, you know, because he was a boss and he had his own territory, right? So the Sheik didn't come in as as often. So Abdul the Butcher had different partners like a Tor Kamata or, you know, yeah, different people, Ernie Lads, Rocky Johnson, or, or you know, Rufus Jones or other, you know, different. Um, or Kansas people like Harley Races crew, you know, they 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 rotate. You know, we, they used to have eight nine tours throughout the year. Every tour had different ten different Americans come in. So just by being in Japan for one year, you see all the superstar from all the NWA super you know different territories. It was as if. NWA Florida migrated, you know, or NWA Kansas City Central States people migrated, or the whole bunch of people from Montreal came in, or a whole bunch of people from Tennessee came in, a bunch of people from Von Erich territory came in, a bunch of people from Blanchard, Joe Blanchard territory came in. It's like you see so many Americans, but just by, you know, growing up in Japan. Whereas Inoki, at the time, didn't have strong connection with American pro, I mean, uh, territories. And also, uh, it was blocked. It was not really revealed, but uh, Dory Funk was blocking all the NWA wrestlers from, you know, going to Inoki's, you know? Well, and you and I have talked about that. Growing up, because there were so many foreigners coming in, you tended to like All Japan more than New Japan. And me being here in yeah, the Yeah, and I was hoping that, the, yeah... And me All being these here in the Americans, States, I like yeah? New Japan better. Because it was more local. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was like a territory. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. So the different color, though. Well, so I watch both. Friday oh, yeah, night, not... you watch Inoki's in New Japan. Saturday night, you watch Baba's Old Japan growing yeah, I'm up. Not, I'm not saying you were you you didn't like New Japan. I'm just saying that you tended to lean. You've mentioned this before because of the all of the Americans and all the foreign stars that came in. You lean. Yeah, what I was hoping was Japan. though, what I was hoping was 
all the Baba's American wrestler would work for Inoki's side and have match against Inoki. And what would that be like? You know, something that doesn't happen, so you dream about it. You know, what would be like to have Dory Funk Jr. against Inoki again? What would be like to have Terry Funk? What would be like to have, or even older guys like a Pat O'Connor, the, that uh, King Curtis, Mark Lewin, all those guys come to New Japan side and, and fought Inoki. What would be like? So Inoki just had people like J- Tiger Jit Singh, Johnny Powers, a bunch of guys from Montreal, or guys from Europe, or the, or the people very early on um, that the American wrestlers who was booked by Carl Gotch, which was no name, you know? I mean, uh, that the New Japan had wrestlers, American wrestlers I've never heard of, <laughs> you know? You know? So that was like, oh, gosh, you know? <laughs> Getting back to, to Dory Funk, is Dory a bigger yeah. star in Japan than his brother? Oh, uh, equal, I should say. Because it's like uh, night and day, or the, or you know, sun and moon, or you know, you know, just it's interesting um, the contrast between two brothers. Dory Funk, always calm, nice, quiet, suit and tie. You know, always wearing tie suit. You know, in the travel, you know, like a dress like champion. Whereas Terry Funk come in with cowboy hat, flannel shirt, denim, cowboy boots. You know, that's another cowboy thing that we loved. You know, so just those were equal because perfect brothers, older brother and younger brother. But uh, Terry Funk was gone for, you know, for like a year or two because he was also NWA champion. So he didn't come one year, you know. But uh, when they were team, they, we, we always looked for, you know, well, the funks would be here in July. It's all great, you know. And Mil Mascaras would be here in August. All right, you know, that kind of thing. Well, <laughs> As a kid, though. Obviously, the feud mentioned Abdullah and the Sheik and what have you. And those are legendary. What are yeah. some of the legendary matches that Dory had in Japan? When people talk about Dory Funk, what matches do they bring up? Oh, Dory against... Dory against... Abdul the Butcher, of course, and late uh, early 80s, it, it became Dory against Bruiser Brody, you know? And the Baba was stepping down from the main event position, and Jumbo Truda was climbing up his main event position, so he switched. So the international heavyweight title program became more of Jumbo against Brody. And Dory was slowing down too because he's he was just as old as Baba, you know. And uh, at the same time, Baba and Dory teamed up together for the annual tag team tournament, you know, and went against people like Stan and his partner. And so Dory started working as you know, always babyface, but the, actually working in Japanese side. Only wrestler who worked for Japanese side. Be, uh, before that was Destroyer, Dick Byer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I will, I would always say Dory Funk, Terry Funk, the popularity was pretty equal. Yeah. Yes. When do you think was their peak? Who in, did he have? What was their peak in Japan for popularity, do you think? 
Dory Funks or the Funks? Let's do both. Why not? Um, late late seventies into early eighties, and because Terry Funk retired for the first time in nineteen eighty three, he had a big retirement tour, you know. So he was like, a, like the whole tour was about Terry Funk. He's retiring, you know, and just people. Yeah, actually, people believed it. It was the end of it. So uh, it became such a big deal. And 30 years later, Terry Funk told me, himself told me that they were doing it because the other side, meaning New Japan, Inoki's side, was on fire, you know. Inoki's IWGP, and Thai, original Tiger Mask, Fujinami against Choshu, and just selling out house after house, and just so popular, so... All Japan had to do something drastic, you know. Then they planned Terry Funk's retirement tour. You know, it was such a big deal. But he did come back two years later, though, right? Then uh, upon his coming, you know, the first comeback, Terry Funk lost some some of the heat, you know, some of the popularity because it was like uh, he promised he will never, you know, never work again, right? And people believed it and cried with him. Then the two years later, he's back. So he's got, uh-oh, right? So um, he didn't become popular until he got older. You know, in the 90s, he was already 53 years old. You remember uh, the movie Beyond the Mat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that time he became really popular, super popular again. You know, like the legend. Not the Texas Branca era, but the, he's like a living legend era. Terry Funk himself became so popular once again in mid mid 90s. At the time, he didn't work for All Japan anymore. He came back and helped Onita's FMW and other independent. You know, he was a one man legend that carried the show. One of uh, sort of the proteges for a time of yeah. Dory Funk Jr. and he passed away yeah. in Japan was. Was David Von Erich? Uh, did he get oh, a rub? Yeah. Did he get a rub from from being with Dory Funk and uh, the rub from the Funks? And also being a son of legendary Fritz Von Erich, yes. you know, it, when he died, he that the tour he died, he didn't even work a show, you know, he died the morning of or afternoon of the f- very first night of the tour, you know, it was a really big thing, and uh, but uh, he was introduced as UN champion, you know, United National Champion, one of the Triple Crown now. But uh, David Van Eyck was given the title upon his arrival, you know. So he, I'm sure they had, like, a big program planned for him, you know. Well, it never happened, so you never know. But uh, he, they had plans, big plan for him. It wasn't first David Van Eyck's first tour, though, because... Kevin Von Erich and David Von Erich had a couple of tours before that as a young tag team, you know, from Texas. Right. Yeah, and son of Fritz Von Erich. People like him right away, you know. Oh, wow, that's Fritz Von Erich's sons. Wow, right? So, new generation, you know. Yeah. So, do Dory still comes over and he's still commissioner from time to time for, for all Japan. He works he? in the ring every now and then. Still, that's right. Yeah, right now he, I mean, uh, six-man tag team situation, he comes in maybe once or twice, but he does his spinning toe hold, and also he does his, what do you call it, like a whip thing, you know? Um, you know, 
what's a Texas, uh, not a bull rope, but the leather, you know, whipping thing, you know, yeah, like the a cowboy whip. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah bull whip. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he does that. He wears cowboy hat like he always have. You know, also, he looks like Dory Funk still today. And, uh, yeah, so these are like, hey, he's a type of wrestler, you know, that son or the grandpa and, you know, and the, his son and the grandson can all come and watch, you know. Look, this is Dory Funk that uh, I grew up watching, you know. So he attracts like a, three different generations of Japanese fans into the building. You know, grandpa want to go, go to the show again. Oh, Dory Funk's still working? And then the son, or his son, grand, grandson, is like, look, this is Dory Funk. You learn about him. That's uh, what's uh, very um, special about Japanese wrestling. You know, they don't forget your past superstars. How big of a legend do you think uh, Dory Funk is in the pantheon of Japanese wrestling legends? Oh, top two or three, or if not number one. See, it's so hard to compare people. Like, can you compare Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, yeah, it's or hard. Abby? Yeah, it's so hard. You cannot compare, you know, turkey meal to your steak dinner to, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's, it's, but I think it's fair to say that he's at the elite level with, with just a handful of people, and where you want to rate him is subjective, but he's definitely in that top echelon. Yeah, top two or three, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And also, he um, he, uh, he comes in, and then uh, he, now he does the interview in Japanese a little bit, saying that uh, this is a place, you know, he's a thrill to come over, and uh, he um, cherish, you know, the, you know, just fun memories in Japan all through all these years that the 70s, 80s, 90s, and zeros, and it's like five decades of it, you know? So um, he's very special, very special. So we're weeks away from WrestleMania. Six decades, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Six decades. Yeah. That's, that's incredible, don't you think? I don't know that I'm going to be alive six decades, let alone have a career that goes six decades. <laughs> yeah, so, you're yeah, right. I'm impressed. Right. So he's like a Superman or Spider-Man or, you know, just uh, larger than life, you know? Well, Terry Funk the same way. Yeah. What's fun is in a lot of the Japanese video games from like the Nintendo 64 or yeah. uh, Power Pro Wrestling or um, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling and stuff. Fire Pro Wrestling, yeah. yeah. You know, there's the Funks are in those games. Of course, of course. Which the, is one awesome. Of the most famous people. Yeah. yeah. And also he was uh, the one who introduced a lot of moves like, you know, like a double arm suplex, you know, like underhook butterfly double arm suplex. All the other Japanese wrestlers who grew up watching the funks, they all use double arm suplex, you know? All the things like spinning toehold, you know? And they had very serious signature moves. That helped, too, you know? So, yeah. obviously, you know, Joe Doring and a lot of wrestlers have, have imitated or emulated or taken parts of yeah. like Stan Hansen. Uh, yeah. Terry Funk has had his emulators. Terry Boy. 
Um, oh, God. It, has anybody uh, borrowed heavily from Dory Funk Jr. in Japan, in Japanese Oh, wrestling? man. It's, mm, it's hard to emulate, though, because um, Dory Funk had always had more fire, you know, that uh, Dory Funk had a role to be the real calm older brothers, you know, just what older brothers should do, or you know, just that. I think Terry Funk is easy, a lot easier to emulate or copy, you know. Yeah, it's well, somewhat. To, yeah, and then because Stan Hansen, for instance, is more Terry Funk than Dory Funk. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And or even, but the Dory Funk, I mean, the Bruiser Brody, he told me personally that the, he um, he rate Dory Funk over any other wrestlers in the world. Dory, yeah, for Brody, Dory Funk was the best best wrestler. Yeah, it's like wow, wow, you know, uh, because he was capable of working longer matches, storytelling matches. Well, being NWA champion for four years, that means you'd be doing 60-minute, you know, draw kind of match night after night. So you will be able to have to have content, wrestling content for 60 minutes, you know. And uh, Brody liked that better than a short brawl match. See, the image of Brody is somewhat misunderstood in a lot of ways because he looks crazy, you know, long hair and it does come in and it's, you know, swinging chain and all things. But uh, his actual match, if you watch, oh, single match against Jumbo or single match with Antonio Inoki, the once the bell rang, Brody worked very quiet wrestling match. Remember that? Yeah. Like a slow building matches. Type and Brody enjoyed those style matches better than a short, rough, you know, like a brawl matches, you know, and different. And yeah, come to um, before I forget, yeah, I'm actually writing a book right now. Um, it would be 30 years since Brody's murder, it was July of 1988, and that July comes this year, 2018. It would be 30 years since his passing. Um, um, I'm writing a, uh, the, the whole book right now on Brody's career and what happened and uh, reviving all my old interviews from like a wrestling magazine from 30 years ago. Yeah, I'm rewriting it again. Yeah. And also I have cassette tapes, hours and hours of Brody's voice in it. Isn't that cool? In English. That, uh, Yes, in English, of course. You didn't speak Japanese. Oh, you should. Uh, I'm re- you, you should send those to me, and I'll. I should put them on digital, and you could, you could sell the digital oh, yeah. copies. No, it's, it's not. I'm not gonna make. I don't want to make money off this tape, but, uh, but uh, as a historical pur- purpose, it should be out there in public. Oh well, you know, let, let me know if you want to. If you want to do something, let me know if I can help. But yeah, me... yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. I look at right now. So can you hear? I can hear cassette that. tapes. Yeah. yeah, cassette tapes. And also, this is a real like thirty some thirty plus year old cassette tapes that if you don't do anything about it, it might erase it. You know? Yeah, I had to. I had to go through all of my old cassette tapes years after cassettes <laughs> were were passe. I never transferred yeah? them, so I had a hard time. I had to buy 
a special cassette deck that turns it into MP3s. Okay, well, you don't have to work on it because I do have hours and hours and hours of cassette tape with Brody's voice in it. Well, maybe yeah. we could upload those to the podcast. Yeah, okay. Okay, tell to the world that the, the, we're working on it. Now, just <laughs> just to be clear, though, for everybody with your books, all of your yeah. books are in Japanese. You don't have any English books, just so people know. Nope. <laughs> and you don't want to transfer them? You don't want to translate them to translate. English? Well, I am not sure if my English writing would be uh, as good. I'm a very good Japanese writer, I think. And they let me write that many books, so, so, so yeah, I might be good. But uh, in English... You know, you know, it's like I don't want to have gram, you know, like a grammatical error or you have to proofread my stuff. Then, if I do, you know, if if you want to do it, I'm I'm up for it. But I know that you talked about also, you're kind of worried about that the spirit or the intent of your words would get lost in translation. But every book loses something in translation. Even you, even Salinger's book or Norman Mailer's book or, you know, all those, you know, something would be missing in translation but that's a part of the deal yeah you know even Irvin Shaw all those my favorite writers I have both in English and Japanese here but uh, when I read in English when I read in Japanese oh my gosh this may I mean it doesn't sound like the same book sometimes you know it happens you know so I accept that you know but uh, on this more realistic you know side yes I do have hours and hours of cassette tape or to uh, as a matter of fact i do have hours and hours of interview with coral gotch too on cassette tape oh wow coral gotch himself a god of wrestling <laughs> interesting huh right well let's uh we'll we'll, we'll table that and we'll, we'll sit down and figure this out we'll figure this out this is literally road warrior hawk too this is literally See, like the, the first people. time we've talked about this. So we'll, we, okay. if you're okay. listening now, to the podcast, out, we all, haven't rehearsed this at all. Podcast, this is all brand so new. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do have cassette tape here. I take this very seriously. Okay. Well, let's let's look through what you have in English. Yes, this we'll is a precious you know, treasure that we have to pass on to a, to a next generation. There were wrestlers talking in their own yeah. voice. You know, not wrestling interview, but we sat down and talked about pretty serious things you know it's not like wrestling promo he they were sitting down with me in hotel lobby or, or the hotel room and we i am going to tape this interview so they said it's all right i'll tape this interview and uh, brody was serious staring at me right at me i got scared of course right 30 years younger than i am you know like i was like a 25 26 sit, sitting down in the hotel room alone with bruiser brody taping on interview situation is pretty scary don't you think i would think so yeah <laughs> yeah but i was excited too you know but uh that the tape is still here 30 years later we got to do something about it well and as we get closer to the anniversary we'll have to do some shows if, if one if not more shows on, on yeah. bruiser brody so as we get closer to july we'll do that yeah bruiser brody yes and also today's fan Believe it or not, you know, they were not even born then, you know? I mean, today's, say, WWE Universe, for instance. You know, serious wrestling fans probably studied and know a little bit about Bruiser Brody and his 
legacy, but um, but not really knowing it, you know, because um, to be able to watch any Bruce Brody's actual footage, you have to go into YouTube or something and you have to look for it, you know. Then then the today's wrestling fan or the today's people in general have very short um, concentration span, right? See, if you YouTube footage is longer than ten minutes, they wouldn't watch it. You know, you YouTube footage is watched because they are all three three to five minutes long, huh? That's Don't true. you think today's yeah. kids have very short span of their like being able to actually sit down and watch through without skipping anything? Because when you watch wrestling match, you almost have to watch from the start. You know, from the beginning till the end, because wrestling matches are to tell story, right? So you cannot just watch clips of high spots. So you don't understand Dory Funk's match or Bruiser Brody's match unless you watch the you watch the entire match. Then you get it. Agree? How could I disagree yeah. with you? <laughs> you know, because today's fan want to just watch clips. You know, like um, you look at, let's skip about 40 years that uh, when you start watching Pro Wrestling Guerrero or something from California, they're all clips, you know? Don't you think? I mean, it's, I mean just spectacular high spot, the things you have never seen. Ricochet, out of the world athlete. But you, to be able to understand certain wrestler or wrestling or the person, you have to sit down and watch the entire match. That's my thing. <laughs> we skipped about five decades now, though, right? But yeah. So we've got five but, uh, weeks to WrestleMania. Yeah. I think. And they that... don't even have the whole lineup. Yeah, well, I know we Brock don't. Brock even... Lesnar, yeah. Yeah, Brock Lesnar against Roman Reigns locked, right? One would think, unless. John's, yeah. yeah. John Cena match. Still not locked. Well, not you locked know. on television, but I think the you know the strong indicator. Undertaker. Yeah, Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. So that means Shinsuke Nakamura against AJ will be happening, but that's not going to be the main event. Probably third from top. Yeah, third or from fourth, television. Yeah, yeah third, third from the television. You would have to assume that it will be Ronda Rousey, Cart Angle against Triple H and Stephanie. It has to be that way, right? One would think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, other thing. And Asuka, Ronda Rousey, is not happening at this Royal. Somewhere down the line, I'd say, you know, SummerSlam or somewhere around there that uh, Ronda Rousey against Asuka will happen, you know, eventually. But at this point, that the, any match with Ronda Rousey, you will have CNN, you'll have ESPN, you have Fox News, you have Newsweek, you have Sports Illustrated, even Forbes magazine. All those media will be covering Ronda Rousey because of who she, you know, who she is. So the match actually don't matter, actually, you know, or the lineup, you know, that the actual footage of Ronda Rousey working in the wrestling ring at this point would be news. So you don't have to have Masuka with it, you know? Yeah. So as we and get closer to WrestleMania, man, yeah. we should do probably, like we mentioned, yeah. we need to do a show on Asuka. 
talk about yeah. Oscar. Should we do a show on Shinsuke Nakamura and his career in Japan? Oh, that's so so. But then again, Shinsuke Nakamura's his you know fourteen year career is so well documented. You can read or you know or watch or see it anywhere else though you know. So uh, we don't have to go through things that everybody else knows already about you know. Well, how about how about this for next week? Uh, this yeah. year is the second anniversary of the passing of a guy that you knew uh, fairly well, Hayabusa. Yeah, two years. Yeah. Actually, it's today. Yeah. It's today. Should yeah. we? Do you want to do uh, the history of Hayabusa next week? Oh yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, it's so still fresh that it kind of hurts. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, actually tonight. I mean, Japanese time Saturday, Saturday night. Um, I'm gonna go to this bar um, where his best friend Ganosuke, Mr. Ganosuke, is having a gathering tonight. You know, with old friends of Hayabusa, you know, and himself. And I'll attend that tonight. You know, we'll, we'll sit down and you know, it's a small bar, but uh, um, that uh, Mr. Ganosuke will be working as a bartender over there, special tonight. And uh, we sit down and talk about Hayabusa. You know, it's just, it's, yeah, today, March third is his memorial well next week oh, yeah. we'll talk about we'll talk about hayabusa and talk about uh some of the stories and uh, the his career and maybe some of the things that people will remember tonight as you go to uh mr ganasuki's bar and another thing i forgot to yeah. mention another thing yeah. that has happened since i was sick is yeah. for christmas my wife carrie who you know as a yeah. surprise to me made us t-shirts for yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, wrestling podcast i mentioned that to bo nakano just the other night that i'm bringing a t-shirt over there because i actually i've been to the bar you know a couple of weeks ago i uh, didn't bring a t-shirt over because i was there with other people and then they wasn't going to go over there but i kind of stopped over there but uh next time i'm go, you know i go over there i'm gonna bring that t-shirt over there and then have her pose if not wearing it actually but uh, i will have her pose um with that in the pacific grim t-shirt yeah because it's her face the on the logo that that yeah, 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 yeah. that I cartoon know. um it's we've we've added color and changed the graphics and things but the original cartoon but that was on her wall is on her wall yeah on the bar wall yeah i remember that so uh <laughs> and also yeah, we it's need here to, it's here we also need a picture of you wearing the shirt too okay okay I mean, I'm I wearing a T-shirt, big deal. I mean, well, I want to see you wear it. Carrie wants to see you wear it. I think people. Okay, see you. okay. And okay. I do have. I've got one. You've got one. Bull McConnell will have one, and uh, we've got a couple to a uh, giveaway. So sometime later on in the year, we'll give away. Once people see the shirts, uh, we'll give okay. away. We'll give away a shirt or two. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, so are we on the uh, regular track again? And uh, see, we don't almost don't have to do it every week, but uh, I don't want people to think we quit. <laughs> no, no, I want to <laughs> do know? it every week. No, like I said, these were extenu right. extenuating circumstances. I got sick, and yeah. uh, that's what happened. So we will try to get back on the usual schedule of every uh, weekend-ish, sometime between like a Friday and a Tuesday. We'll, we'll make it happen. And when a lot of things happens, we might do two shows a week. 
I, I've pushed for <laughs> two shows. If you want to do two shows, I will do two shows. You when, something, when something happens, or okay. at the WrestleMania weekend, or Tokyo Dome show weekend, or you know, G1 Climax weekend, or stuff like that, you know? Right. And, and also it... next, yeah, this coming week that uh, New Japan will have their um, annual, you know, 35-year uh, annual, something like that show, you know, at the, they have annual that the New Japan opened in March of 73. So it's like a 35-anniversary uh, show next week oh, okay. in Tokyo. Well, we'll talk so about that too. Okay, okay. Fantastic. Well, I missed you. Thank you for being patient with my <laughs> job and my sickness. I'm sorry about it. No, no. And also, I hope people, you know, still listen to us. I'm sure they will. And if you can share the show, that will help us. Where can they find you on Twitter? Fumihiko Dayo. F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O. And I am at Jim Valley, and you can find him on Facebook at Fumi Saito. I'm on yeah. Facebook at uh, Jim Valley. So be sure to connect, be sure to share, and uh, we will see you next time, I promise, sooner rather than later. So until next time. <laughs> right. So long from Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs>